Welcome to the Assembly Conversation Series, presented by Business and Art South Africa. Themed Creativity Now, Cultural Intelligence in the Time of COVID-19, Basel Assembly explores the insights cultural intelligence can offer in terms of rebooting the creative economy in South Africa, on the continent and globally. This is another episode in a series of curated conversations flowing from assembly.barsa.co.za, a hybrid of live and digital engagements across social, digital and media platforms. Today's episode sees our host Mandy van der Spey explore cultural sector funding and business models, looking at different ways of thinking about financial sustainability within the creative and cultural industries. Mandy is joined by BASA board member, author, poet and media consultant Koja Bafo and creative and founder of Kiri Pink Knob and Ubdope Shashini, Jefferson Chavalala. Thank you, Sam. Hello, everyone. I'm Mandy van der Spey, Deputy Chair of BASA. Welcome to our BASA Assembly Conversation Series. Focusing on both current cultural policy and cultural investment, the BASA Assembly Conversations are follow-up podcast debates and discussions stemming from the inaugural BASA Assembly, which launched in March 21, partnered by the British Council. For those who missed it or want to continue engaging with the content, the Bazaar Assembly online platform is still live and can be accessed at assembly.baza.co.za. This monthly conversation series is focused on the current cultural landscape and the responsibility on both business and the arts to affect changes for growth in and for both sectors. Our focus today is on cultural sector funding and business models. With the impact of digitization, the unique structure of the sector and a challenging funding landscape, the cultural sector requires agile and relevant business models to survive. In this conversation, we will explore new strategies towards building a thriving creative economy and share innovative policies towards sustainability at a local and global level. We are delighted to have Jefferson Chabalala and Kojo Baffo with us today. Welcome to you. And please, a brief introduction, starting with you, Jefferson. Molweni, and thank you so much, uh, Mandy and the Pasa team for having me here. Mnandingu Jefferson Bobs Chabalala. Um, I'm an artist, I'm an entrepreneur, and I'm a teacher. And I'm someone who's trying to make the pots to be done continuously. Um, so predominantly I run um, two organizations, one is called Kiri Pink Knob and the other is called Updop Shishini. Updop Shishini also houses the clothing brand that I head up which is called Sinpa and those are um, the, the organizations that I'm currently at the helm of but for the most part just artisting away. Uh, so that's, that's me. Thank you. Thanks Jefferson. And you Kojo? Thanks Mandy. Um, yeah I've I've worn many, many hats over the years, um, including entrepreneur, writer, facilitator, magazine editor, radio talk show host. And I call myself a retired poet, which I'm told I'm not allowed to do, but I continue to try and push that agenda. Um, so yeah, art, art does kind of form the a thread that runs through everything that I, that I do. Um, but I'd like to say that at heart, I'm a storyteller. Um, and a professional jack of all trades. So it's, it's being able to look at, look at the world um, with a lot more blurred lines than the clear 
than the clear boundaries that we try to place around them. Um, and I'm also then a, a BASA board member, board member and have judged the BASA awards for a couple of years. And that's me. Thanks, Kojo. Well, it's obvious that both of you are men of talents. Now, going into the conversation, 2021 is the United Nations International Year of Creative Economy for Sustainable Development. Yet, ironically and sadly, we can all agree that as a result of the global pandemic, the experience of many cultural practitioners has been an extremely challenging one. The past 18 months have been particularly hard on the creative sector, with most artists' livelihoods impacted, spaces and organizations shutting down, and many having to resort to relief measures for survival. If we look at the future, in order to prepare for it in a more sustainable way, what new business models should be explored to reduce the heavy reliance on external funding? Jefferson, would you like to give us your insights? Absolutely. Um, such a burning question um, that has been asked since the first uh, lockdown was announced, end of March 2020. And, and each time it's asked, um, the answer of the moment shifts to the next time it's asked. Uh, that's r how rapidly things have been changing and that's how rapidly uh, the context has been shifting. And, and I think what has been um, a continuous thread and a continuous through line across, across the sectors that at, at the very least that I'm firmly entrenched in is businesses and business persons and practitioners co-funding each other. And, and I know that's a very difficult ecosystem to explain to, to many people, but the, the fact that there's a kind of ungoverned, um, off-the-margin off funding pool where independent business owners are funding the works of other businesses that they are actually a part of, um, has really proven to be quite strong and quite phenomenal for some of the business uh, owners that I've engaged with. And, and, and those structures are outside of um, the more formal or more orthodox structures where, where people are going, we run this consortium of X amount of businesses, we believe in X person's business, and we would like to huddle, Stockfell-like really, um, and go, for, for the next couple of months, we are really hedging our bets on so-and-so and their current venture. And people have been doing that in, in very formal settings. And, and, and although very risque, and although like, um, because there isn't enough data around it, I really do think that that's an incredible model that I've seen working for various organizations in the Gauteng region, in the Western Cape, and for some people that I, I work with in, in KZN. And, and I think, I think there's, there's more research to be done into that for it to come more into the fore and how those people are doing that. That's a fascinating concept. Thank you. Um, would you like to share one or two examples that you've been involved in or are aware of? 
So one of my favorite um, one of my favorite things about alternative theater spaces, um, which is what um, which is like really a pseudonym for theaters in the township, um, <laughs> is that is that the those are not alternative theater spaces. They are only referred to as alternative because uh, there's a particular mainstream narrative that is pushed by dominant houses that are state funded entities. Um, so th those places for other people who've never accessed uh, the so-called affluent regions aren't viewing those spaces as alternative. They're viewing them as theaters. So for many people, the TX theater in Tembisa is the theater. It's not the alternative theater. It's the theater where they go to consume content. Um, what was Gassi RC or the Makukanya Art Room in, um, in Kailicha is theater. Uh, it, the Baxter becomes the alternative theater. The market theater in Johannesburg becomes the alternative theater for the people for whom that's their primary consumption. And I mention Makukanya and Kase RC and the TX Theater so that I can mention Mandi Sisindo and Olisi Masilela and their respective teams who have gone on drives where they've gotten institutions to buy block tickets even if they won't attend so people are buying tickets in absentia they've requested choreographers to come and mentor young directors who work in their in in their spaces they've requested mentorship um, for writers and directors so seasoned professionals can go and watch works that are emerging in those festivals now to to mount any of those things to buy bulk tickets to mentor people to help with set design, to help with choreography. Those are all billable line items that can amount to loads of money when you're producing a work. But various creatives are doing that work, seeding the fees. And, 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 and that, is, that, that is the value exchange that those persons have started to gear up to say, this festival will happen even if I've got the shortfall. This play will happen even if we don't have all the relevant things around it. Okay, so if we don't have the relevant things that a, a, a budget can afford us, what do we have in connection and what do we have in rapport that can alleviate some of those budgetary constraints to still maintain a good caliber of quality? And, and, I, and I think those are, the, those are the people who are spearheading that kind of move in the so-called alternative spaces. Thank you. That's most encouraging, but I would imagine at present, given the current climate and the impact of COVID, that even those venues are under severe pressure. Indeed, absolutely. And, and with that pressure, the, their adaptation has been remarkable. So, so the Tembisa Theatre Week, which happened uh, a few months ago, and some of the recent works that they did there, when they realized that uh, the cap for every venue was going to be 50 seats. They went into negotiation with the people who were performing at their festival to multi-bill their performances. So you would find that they would have the same performance playing early in the morning and then have it maybe later in the day or across one week, multi-program it festival style across um, a myriad of slots. Meaning um, in theory, what would be a 50 seat cap would be performed over three times to receive a 150 seater venue capacity. And, 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 and those kind of, of methods of saying, we still acknowledge that people's health and safety is, is, is primary and are making the necessary adjustments also 
to to combat the financial scourge of that so that we're not saying we've put all these efforts and we've done all this work to still be witnessed by a margin of people so so the door splits change the investment opportunities change and and actors are also negotiating to say well we'll do x amount more to maintain the same to maintain the same kind of earnings and 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 that's negotiation on everyone's part so i think that's a really leading example excellent Kodu, can we have your thoughts on this matter i think i think what's what COVID and what the lockdown and what the pandemic did um not just to the creative kind of creative economy but just to the world in general was you know the the, the cliched the cliched line that um, necessity is the mother of all invention um, and i sincerely believe that these are the conversations we needed to have been having a long time ago around around the different business models um, around the creative economy because we call it the creative economy that implies that there is there is a business there is a commercial element to it uh, because you know artists want to want to live organizations want to be able to generate enough revenue to continue to operate to continue to do the things that they're looking to do um, and like i said i really believe that these conversations i think we've danced around a lot of these conversations we've danced around a lot of this thinking um, for years because it was easier just to depend on whether it was business, whether it's the public sector, and if they're not forthcoming, be able to, you know, put the blame on them, uh, explain why we're not able to do what we need to do because we're not being supported enough by the public sector. We're not being supported enough by business. Um, what what the pandemic has done is that it's forced people to be creative, um, not just with you know their art not just with what they're doing but also with how they're establishing and operating their businesses and coming from the media you know coming from the media space which is a sector that's been heavily disrupted and continues to be disrupted over the last you know over the last i'd say 10 years um where you're having to look at it from a hybrid perspective and you're having to look at all the tools available to you and and trying to figure out how to use every part of every tool that's that's out there um, to be able to do what it is that you do so i mean um i'm 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 warmed by for example what jefferson is talking about with the theaters um immediately i go okay what's the next step beyond that um so yes there's that creativity there's that creativity in terms of programming in terms of being able to put on you know, to put on productions. My next thing is, you know, can you film it? Um, can you record it off a phone? Um, can you then establish, I mean, we're, we're speaking on a podcast, we're speaking on a particular platform uh, because we, we can't necessarily go and sit in a hall and have this discussion with a room full of people around us. Um, so, so for me, the, 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 the positive and the hopeful th the hope i have is that people will continue to apply their creativity not just to being creative and, and not just to their art but to also how how they run their organizations and how you know how the the infrastructure and the ecosystem that they put around themselves to be able to take that art beyond beyond our borders
and, and beyond, beyond their geographical location. Thanks, Kojo. And looking at, and in a way it's coming back to uh, Jefferson's examples, the innovative strategies that can be put in place to drive a more meaningful and sustainable engagement with other sectors. It's looking beyond, as you were just saying, the, the, the normal uh, funding partners um, or other uh, organizations who normally support the arts. So looking at those other sectors, are there any specifics um, that come to mind? Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's being able to view yourself as a starting point, the lens that you view yourself as being not just, I'm a painter or I'm an actor, um, I'm a storyteller. And in, in the world that we live in today, um, it's, it's being able to kind of navigate across spaces. And I mean, the, the latest thing was, and he's quite established, but if you look, if you look at Nelson Magama's trajectory, for example, like he used Instagram specifically. Um, so he is where he is, not just the training that he had and the work that he did, uh, but he was also very conscious and very deliberate about how he used Instagram specifically. Um, and, you know, there's, there's the recent collaboration, well, I heard about it yesterday that he's done with, he's done with, I think, Porsche. But you look at, you know, there's Baba Cheko who has been doing prints and did something with Mini. Um, and, and Mini, with a, with a particular project, they collaborated with a, a musician, um, Langan Vuso. They collaborated with a, a film director, Tebojo uh, Malope, as well as then Baba Cheko, who's, who's an artist and does, and does these beautiful prints that are inspired by kind of traditional Sosoto um, or Basoto um, painting and colors. And I mean, those, those are the easy examples. If you look at what uh, Esther Masango has been, has been doing over the years in terms of collaborating, collaborating with brands. Um, and it's, I think it's also artists being able to draw from particularly what musicians have done um, in terms of collaborating, you know, collaborating with brands, collaborating with businesses. So it, it becomes, it becomes uh, you're not going cap in hand. Um, you are you are going and providing something of value. Um, Karapo Popi did something with Nike, uh, you know, where she designed designed the one of their sneakers. Well, she she did a couple of sneakers, and it was a collaboration. So it's and 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 I know it's hard. It's these examples that I give. It's people who have been able to penetrate a particular ceiling. Um, so one recognizes that. Uh, it'll be easier for them. But I think the important thing is to start having that thinking, to really kind of blur those lines and go, okay, if I, if I am an actor, what does that mean in terms of the skills that I have? And this, you know, it's being able to communicate, it's being able to speak, it's being able to tell stories. And then it's going, okay, what are the avenues, what are the platforms for me to be able to do that uh, beyond just the, you know, beyond just the stage or beyond just in front of a camera. Um, and I mean, a very random example, I remember, I think it was at the start of lockdown, there was, um, it, it was just a, I think a lot of actors were doing monologues on, on Instagram. 
I think one of the monologues was a Shakespeare. I remember seeing a couple of people, I think Shamla Dandala did one. Um, but it was literally just them picking a particular monologue and doing that on Instagram and doing that to camera. Um, it wasn't a commercialized, it wasn't about generating revenue, but it was a demonstration of how you can use the different platforms available to you to, to really push your art beyond, you know. For me, the key is how do you push beyond your immediate physical location and geographical location? Yes, and the challenge of course is that all artists are under severe pressure to be more creative and innovative to really reinvent themselves. And some of them are extremely good at it and have proven great uh, success. And sadly, others are not. And those are the ones that one somehow wants to reach out to and try and encourage them to, to try other uh, means of developing their art and putting themselves out there. Yeah, I think, I mean, it's, it's true. And I think it's really about also not getting caught up in what everybody else is doing um, and, and really taking the time to, to, to learn and understand the different, for example, the different platforms available to you. Um, you know, if so-and-so is, you know, so-and-so is, is thriving with, on a particular platform, whether it's Twitter or it's, it, it could be, you know, Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. It's not, you know, it's not, it's not for everyone. Um, so it's also recognizing and, and taking the time because the reality is that, I mean, the painful reality is that we have to do something. Uh, and, and so it's kind of open up and go, okay, what's available to me? What's out there? Um, and just because somebody's succeeding in one space doesn't mean that's the space for me. Um, I was having a conversation with a friend recently who's a comedian about another comedian. Um, and I'm not going to say names, but the one comedian had, been had started to really thrive when we went into lockdown. And, and I was asking, so I was asking this friend of mine about him, and he was saying, you know, as a stand-up comedian, he was, he was not, he was not average, but the, you know, in terms of, in terms of the number of comedians that were better at him than him at, you know, stand-up comedy, there, there was a long list. So he would always do all right, but he has a, he has a knack for video and the lockdown the lockdown allowed him to discover his discover himself and discover his lane and 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 he's thriving in that space you know so it's also going you know maybe you know maybe maybe you're a maybe you're a painter and actually you should be doing digital painting um, because that's you know you're an all right painter but you're a phenomenal, you're a phenomenal creator from a digital perspective. Uh, so it's going out and trying, you know, trying different things to find what it is, what it is that works for you in this new, in this kind of new, very scary, very noisy world. Where discover and develop new talents uh, within oneself. Yeah. Uh, Jefferson, any comments from you on this matter? Thank you, thank you for that, uh, Mandy. I'm actually very inspired by uh, Coach's response. Um, and 
largely because it's speaking like at the big level so the designers that he was mentioning um and the large brands uh, in that collaboration um i want to keep the through line of talking about the people at the tx theater the intervisa um Goldisi Masilela and the team um in that they managed to do something similar um but with with brands that um slightly uh, smaller uh, or emerging or recent startup brands in that what they began to build around the live performance festival was um, an ecosystem that looked like a market so how that worked was that they invited um, emerging designers um, people who run food stalls people who run new fashion outlets so people in the apparel space our pop-up performers also made their way to that so what this meant was that as um, an audience member who's arriving to go um, watch a performance before you get to the theater, there's this like kind of maze and conduit system that like underpins the experience of being at the Moses Mulelekwa Art Center. Meaning you can go get yourself a snack um, upon arrival. You can go purchase yourself a drink. You can go get yourself a cocktail. You can go look at some interesting um, African inspired designs for clothing, for accessories. So there's an entire experiential build around going to this experience. But beyond that, what it meant for the theater in benefit was that the people who were there for to sell their apparel the people who were there to sell their food the people who were there for the other streams are inviting people to one locus and what that really meant was that it gave all the respective brands that were part of that partnership an opportunity to tap into various clientele to be introduced to people who may not have known them before and 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 in as much as there's the there's the digital footprint there's also the ephemeral footprint of sharing communal space and touching products and trying on garments and while you are there and having a nice time you might end up buying a theater ticket you might see an actor that you recognize from a program and go oh he's on in 30 minutes actually let's go see what is like live um and 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 i think I think that kind of ecosystem, um, when we're talking about collaboration with brands, also needs to take into account that brands could mean emerging, brands could mean micro-influencer brands. And I think, I think a, a wider view and a wider scope about what a brand is will allow for those collaborations to happen at a much more interesting scale. Thank you, Jefferson. Now, we all know that the holistic value of the creative industries remains misunderstood and underappreciated in societies across the world, not only in South Africa. Despite its contribution towards the global GDP and overall sustainability, how can we shift this understanding in the process of thinking about the recovery and rebuilding the sector going forward? Kojo? Yeah, it's such a hard one because it's it's in a weird way, it's trying to get it's trying to get people within a certain environment to understand what I think we all understand, which is which is the kind of the true impact of what that sector does for the human being. Um, and I think you do find it in certain places. Um, and I think the the way that we'll start to really change that paradigm is is focusing on those that do it well. Um, and I mean, you know, within ha having been within Bas and having you know judged the awards for a couple of years, and you also judged them yourself, um, 
you'll see you know, you see certain businesses constantly coming back and constantly you know repeatedly investing within those spaces uh, because often you have people who understand this like who understand who understand the value of of developing the creative economy on you know let's call it our collective psyche uh, and our collective well-being and I don't know it's, it's somehow being able to take that and try and inject it you know try and inject it across but at the same time also there is there is a I think it's a slight move but there is a move to understanding that um, like for example purpose-driven business um, operating business with a purpose operating a business with an understanding that you cannot operate in isolation of the communities that surround you whether you know the communities your target market etc i think that is starting to come into into business in the corporate world a lot more um just because also as consumers uh, what what the digital has done us done for us is given us greater voice and we're a lot more vocal about around and i think with millennials and your you know your next generations they're a lot more vocal about what works for them and what doesn't work for them um, and businesses are, are, are being forced to reflect on themselves um, and I, I i think and i'd like to but i'd hope that that shift in thinking that shift in attitude will also kind of further impact on the the level of investment you know a level of investment within the arts um, and and where it's also interwoven in the same way that Jefferson was talking about, for example, that microcosm of the theater, um, it's even bigger organizations re recognizing that, do you know what, if we infuse, if we infuse the storytelling, if we infuse this creative spirit, this human spirit into our businesses, um, beyond just, you know, paintings in, paintings in the foyer, um, if we infuse it in, in a way, it, it contributes to the well-being and the mind state of our our teams and that is that's in our business interests you know the happier your people are the happier society is the more money you can make i mean that's that's the simple reality of it and it's getting them to understand that thread i suppose it'll remain a challenge in spite of the hard figures that can be proven through research of which there is more and more these days so hopefully one day one will be able to convince more business partners, uh, government, to look at it differently. Jefferson, your views? So yes, thank you so much for that. Um, what I would like to do now is actually uh, go back to what Kojo was speaking about earlier. I'm going to kind of take a long um, approach. Um, when Kojo was speaking about um, necessity being the mother of invention, I think that also permeates into how people collaborate differently, how they do it in business, how they do it in distribution, how they do it in like marketing themselves. And I think there's an opportunity here to dismantle um, orthodox form methods that we know, um, because I think there's a thing around the, the thing that we try to do now is get back to as close to what we had before as possible. And we're doing that only because the current time is very murky and very cloudy and we're all trying to navigate to something as close to a semblance of comfort as possible. 
but if we really do do a, a, a jolt back to where we were so what when i'm talking about dismantling of the power structures i'm not really even trying to make it sound like a riot or look like oh, it's a like a rebel without a cause situation i'm really thinking about where do we begin to frame and look at business and what is there an opportunity to go to the future with instead of going to where we were before and and the simple example that i wanted to make was around like mounting a production or making a play there's always the assumption in the room that the director is the boss the director is the employer the director is the one who hires the actors and mounts the thing and and formal business looks at the director as the boss so the awards that give people money to make plays they give that money to directors uh, because you are thinking, well, this person is going to have an end product. And there isn't, a, there isn't the actors that were putting their monologues on Instagram aren't building an ecosystem around what their primary talent is. So, so you aren't getting people to handle around what you're good at so that you can shine in your domain. So th there's no one who's like really great at like set building who's going, look, I've built a very interesting set. It's got wheels, it moves, it breaks up and down. I'd like directors to pitch for performing a concept on, on this. Uh, hey, we're a bunch of actors. We meet every other week. We do play readings. We've learned this book. We're currently off book. We're pitching for designers, directors, and so on. So that there's a dismantling of power structures and work can happen from more locuses than what we're currently used to and then businesses can also begin to say we have funds that are built only for people in the streams who have otherwise not been made privy to being the receiver of the fund so if i know that a, an actor is about to receive a fund to produce something that they can they can be exceptional in as a performer I, as a director, begin to go, I need to be in the good books of that actor. And, and already that begins to create a new dynamic for us that puts everyone in different power positions and that really moves us forward. So, so I think even from a business perspective, the opportunity for what other businesses could provide is more interesting. And Kojo, we'll wrap up. I mean, I'd like to actually, it feels like we're riffing off each other, but like Jefferson was talking about in terms of not going back. Um, and, and when he said that, it struck me because one of my arguments around this whole idea of new normal, uh, this whole idea of when are we going to get back to the world the way it was? And it's like, well, we still have to get through the pandemic. So there is no new normal because you know, maybe in two, three, four years time, there'll be a new normal because we'll have then settled and, and you know, be moving forward. So, I mean, I would, I would like to actually just reinforce what Jefferson was talking about in terms of as a wrap up, it's, it's, being, it's being creative, it's applying our creativity, not just to um, our art, which is the traditional, traditional way of looking at it. Um, it's applying our creativity to, Distribution, collaboration, etc., um, and 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 not not sitting to depend on. Um, so when I first moved to South Africa and I was involved in the poetry scene, um, the reality was that I could not I could not go to government um, as a non South African to get funding for anything that I was doing. And what it forced, what I realized, it forced me to do was to always look at alternatives. 
Uh, and I think I think in terms of dismantling that that kind of that formal, you know, that for, those formal structures that Jefferson was talking about, it's it's being able to 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 not use the dependency, well, not use, for example, public sector business as a crutch. Um, and literally anytime you're approaching something to go, okay, what are the options available to me? And, and uh, which would include formal business, which would include the corporate world, which would include the public sector. Uh, but going beyond that and going, okay, I have these seven options available to me. Which is the easiest? Which is the best? You know, which is the best way? How can I, how can I match them up? Um, so, you know, so for example, I've also recently started a podcast and the person editing my podcast was somebody I was collaborating with because he was wanting to learn about the monetization and the, the content production side. And I can't edit audio. So we came together and he said, look, I want to learn about that from you. So I will edit it for you for free. Um, so I think I think it's it's literally just opening. I guess it's opening ourselves up a lot more, and opening our minds up a lot more, and and recognizing that it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter where you sit in the proverbial, you know, the proverbial food chain. Um, but there are uh, there are always other avenues available available to you. Well, we've come to the end of our conversation. Thank you to both of you for your valuable contributions to a very critical and urgent conversation, which we will no doubt continue having well into the future. In our next podcast, we will be looking at ways in which we can see less duplication and more effective use of resources through systematic and strategic collaboration and partnership. So watch this space.